Welcome to this week's message from Southland Church. For more information about this message and other resources, visit myselfland.com. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hakuna Matata. That's Swahili uh, for no problem. Uh, we speak Swahili in the whole of East Africa, about nine countries. We speak Swahili as a trade language. I greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm very pleased to be here today. I thank God for Pastor Ray and uh, the pastoral team, and all of you for allowing me to come, and only, not only to come, but also to share the word of God with you. And uh, by the way, I was praying and fasting that I find no snow here. So, <laughs> so if you need snow, pray that I go. <laughs> because if I don't go, no snow. I don't like snow. It's good for you, not good for me. I was saying this morning here, in the first service. The first time I came to North America, I came to America. That was 1987. It was winter, snow again. And uh, before I came, our people in Uganda, where I come from, they had told us, and actually told us, that the people in North America, especially America, that you guys, when you buy a car, you drive it for only six months, and then you find a place and you drive it off and you leave it there and you go for another one. <laughs> because you were very, very rich. Then uh, another one told us, and we believed all this garbage, you know. Another one told us that you guys were very busy with work. And that uh, when you buy shirts, dresses, shoes, you have no time to wash, iron, do all those kind of things. You just throw them away. <laughs> and you go for new ones. And I believed all that. <laughs> and uh, how I wish you were there at the airport to see those pastors who came to see me flying to America for the first time, their leader, their pastor. So they, and they were telling me, Apostle, work hard. And I was like, I'm going to work hard. <laughs> because I had to come here, I, got, I had to go to America to work hard collecting all those cars you don't want, putting them, <laughs> put them in a container, collect all those shoes and dresses and what, to take to the poor people suffering there. So I thought, God, give me strength. I need to work hard. So I came through New York, Jeff Kennedy Airport, and somebody was there waiting to receive me. But my eyes were in windows, car windows, looking around. And of course, there were so many cars. 
first time seeing all those many, 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 many American cars. And then I was saying, where do I start from now? I believed a lie, and I thought it was truth. It took me about two weeks to realize I had believed a lie. There were nothing like cars everywhere waiting for me <laughs> to take to, to Uganda. It's very easy to believe a lie, and you can die believing lies unless you are discipled. So I'm going to talk about the importance of discipleship. God has called us to make us. Can you tell your neighbor about that? God has called you to make you. Come on. We do that in Africa. You can do it in Canada too. Talking to your neighbors is okay. Okay. Three go. God has called you to make you. And that takes me to Mark chapter 1 verse 17 and Matthew chapter 4 verse 19 as you can see there. And he said unto them, these were not apostles as yet. They were just fishermen. And he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And Mark 1.17 says, And Jesus said, Come ye to me, and I will make you become fishers of men. My point here today is about being made. To be made and to become is a process that we Bible teachers call discipleship. When you hear people talking about discipleship, it means they want to make you to become something. When I first came here six years ago, I had never known that there was something called a combine in my life. So when I came here, these guys were asking me, how do you do your work? How do you harvest your corn? With hands. We have tough hands. They said, have you ever heard of a combine? I said, combine? What does it combine? I had no clue. So they took me somewhere. And Brother Bob, I think we met Brother Bob, and he took me there. Brother Joe took me there. And then I saw this huge monster. And... Uh, and they told me, you sit on that. You, do you want to sit? <laughs> so they encouraged me, and I sat on that thing. And the guy started driving it. I saw something I'd never seen before. And then my heart and my concept began to change. So discipling is not just about holding a Bible and then, and then begin disciple people. Discipleship is about everything. We needed discipleship on knowing, understanding how to use, you know, how to go mechanized agriculture. Without people discipling us, there was no way we could do it. Yes, we were farmers as per the Uganda understanding. 
Uganda standard we were real farmers. But when the Canadians came, we had a hard time calling ourselves farmers before them. So it's a process. And we call it discipleship. When Pastor Ray came, because he's not a farmer, he is a pastor. We told him, Pastor, let the farmers disciple us in areas of doing agriculture, good agriculture, best doing agriculture. And then you disciple our pastors to become better ministers of God. So this church, Southland Church, you are helping to disciple us two ways. One way, to become better farmers so that we are able to take care of our needs. We are taking care of 2,400 children. And now we have started another center in the bush. So many children, they need food. And those kids, Pastor Ray, when you were there, you were still young, you come again, you see, you'll be surprised. Same number, but uh, they have changed. <laughs> they need twice the food they needed before. Where do you get all that food? Who can give you all that money to feed those kids when you are buying food from the market every day? It's very hard. But this church, you people, you chose, you decided willingly to stand with us and to disciple us into growing more food for our people. And it is happening. That is good news. I stood here and I begged the church to allow Pastor Ray to come and help us train, disciple, our pastors, our church leaders to become better. So the whole thing about discipleship is to help someone become, become something. So to be made to become is a process we call discipleship. Discipleship about anything. So when you are talking about discipleship, some people sit there and they say, ah, I'm not a Bible teacher. I don't think I can go with Pastor Ray to disciple those Africans. I'm not a Bible teacher. We are not talking about Bible teachers. Discipleship in every area. I was saying this morning, I met a pastor of a big church, and he told me, Alex, I have been doing discipleship all these years. My church is well discipled, and I think we have closed that chapter. And I told him, Pastor, there is no way you can close the chapter of discipleship. Discipleship is learning. To disciple is to teach learners. Learners must be learners until they die. The day you stop learning, you die. So I told him, Pastor, go back again and a disciple. Disciple in all areas. Disciple people in all areas. The first missionaries who came to us, to Uganda, to Africa, they taught us the gospel. They discipled us in many other areas, but they forgot to disciple us in other areas. One day, there was a team that came to Uganda to teach the pastors. We had a seminar somewhere in the church somewhere, and we went, for we were invited to go. 
And these guys were teaching a lot about evangelism. They were teaching about the power of God. They were teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this was good. And uh, I went to them after the leaders introduced me to them. And then I asked them, why don't you talk about topics like uh, hard work, saving, and uh, giving? And they said, Alex, I don't think we can talk about those areas because you people, your people are very poor. It's very hard to talk about giving when the people are poor like that. What are they going to give? Alex, what are they going to give? It's very hard to talk about saving because I don't think there's anything to save. And I told him, because you don't talk about it, that's why we are poor. So you have come to create more poverty than a blessing. They looked at me like this. And, uh, and I went away. Discipleship is about talking about everything. You disciple people in every area. So, choosing to follow Jesus, according to those, those verses, choosing to follow Jesus comes before discipleship. When this church came to Uganda, they found us followers of Jesus. The pastors I'm talking about, they're followers of Jesus Christ. The farmers, all the people I work with, the people working with me, they are all followers. You know, you have to be a follower of Jesus Christ first before Pastor Ray comes to disciple you. That answers the question from some people who are wondering whether it is necessary for Pastor Ray to come and disciple us. Yes, it is necessary. What we don't want you Canadians to come do in Uganda is to come to try to evangelize our people. You don't need to come to evangelize. I think we can do that better than you. <laughs> we speak the language of the people. We eat the food that we have never eaten before. I tell you, we do those things. We can really evangelize our people. But we need you guys to come and disciple our people. Because the two are not the same. Choosing to follow Jesus comes before discipleship. Discipleship mainly meant for Jesus' followers wherever they're found. It's a good thing. Discipleship is meant for everybody everywhere. That's why when you guys come to Uganda, you can easily disciple people from all over the world. We are thinking of discipling people from Kenya, from South Sudan, from Burundi, all these are nations from Rwanda, from Tanzania, from South Sudan, did I say that? And from Eastern Congo, Tanzania, and Uganda. All those guys are there waiting to be discipled, and it's a process. I have another point here. Willingness to be made is the springboard for true discipleship. Jesus said, come and follow me. You follow him fast. And then he said, I will make you. The process of making is a long process. 
and some people don't want because it's a long process. They just go for a few miles and they say, I think this is enough. No, discipleship is a long process. Jesus never said, hey, John, Peter, come and follow me. You are now my disciples. No. Come and follow me. You are now my disciples. No. He said, come and follow me and I will make. Brother Mark said, and I will make you become. So the process of becoming is what I'm talking about. People need to be discipled to become. You are seated there and you are saying, I don't think I can stand before all these people and speak. That man must be very bored. Now you are talking about me. All the way from Africa, you come to Canada and you stand there before all the people. You must be very bored. No, I wasn't bored as you think. I needed somebody to disciple me to become. My father, let me tell you this, my father left my mom when I was eight weeks. I never grew up with a father. If you ask me today, Alex, what do you remember about your father? Nothing. Don't try even ask. Nothing. I never learned anything from him. Nothing. The only thing I learned from him or I heard about him was to leave my mom and go wherever he went. Last time I saw him, he died after three days. Now, when I got saved, that is 44 years ago, and I became a Christian, born again Christian. I had to marry. I had to find a wife and marry. But you see, someone had to disciple me into doing that because I never learned it from my dad. He was not there for me. I had to learn from somebody had to teach me to disciple me into that. This is how they love a, a woman. This is how they love a wife. This is how they do it. I remember even the wedding day, somebody was encouraging me, you know, you know, you take the hand. I remember that on the wedding day. Somebody was shouting, hey, Alex, take the hand of the bride. Because I, I could always forget. You know. <laughs> then I could grab her hand and then we walk. Then I, then I could see other people there and then I could leave her and say, hey, thank you for coming. For the and then... And then, you know, and then someone, someone, someone else in the, hey, Alex, take the hand. Then I could go and grab the hand and like that. You are laughing because you are discipled. <laughs> I was not a discipled. I needed someone to disciple me. It's just a miracle, you know. Now we have been married with Catherine for the last 33 years. Who taught us? Somebody discipled me, not my dad. We need people to disciple us. And discipling is a process. My dad left my mom when I was eight, eight, eight months. But now I have six kids of my own, three girls and three boys. And we have raised 11 more in our house. Who taught us? My dad? No, he was not there for me. Even the dad of my wife was not there for her. 
She had 20 wives. He was a chief. Can you believe what it takes to be a chief in Africa? <laughs> My wife is still trying to get to know how many kids his father got from all those women. So we had nobody to learn from apart from allowing ourselves to be discipled. We were able to raise those 11 kids. They have grown up. They are now married. Pastor Ray, you have met some of those. They are pastor's wives and they are doing a, good, a great job. So discipleship is a process. But willingness to be made Willingness to be made. God has called us to be made. Come and follow me and I will make you. So there must be that willingness, willingness to be made. The people of Uganda, they don't know how to do agriculture, the mechanized way. They must be willingness to learn from the Canadians who know how to do it. The pastors of Uganda, the preachers of the gospel in East Africa, they are wonderful people, followers of Jesus, they are doing a good job, but there must be willingness to learn what they don't know. Willingness to become better preachers. Willingness to become better pastors, better ministers of God. That's what the church renewal is all about. That's why we need your pastor in Africa. When the farmers, Canadian farmers, came to teach us how to do mechanized agriculture, it was fun. Because they found us with a, a plow, this disc, I'm still having a problem with that disc. And uh, we were very proud of that. We were farmers. And uh, these Canadians came. Uh, I remember Brother Bob, I remember Brother Willie, Brother Kevin. They looked at that, and Brother Joe, they looked at that thing, and then they looked at each other, and then they said, you have this? And they, uh, our, uh, our farmer, our Charles by name, he was busy. And we were very proud, these Canadians, are, we want to impress the Canadians, we are farmers. And uh, they looked at each other and said, and uh, Brother Willie said, stop, stop. He was pointing to the other guy who was, you know, you know, this king, stop. Who, who, who did this? This is very bad for your farm. Very bad for a farm. You don't need this thing here on the farm, they said, Canadian saying. We don't need this on the farm? Then we talked among ourselves in the Luganda, our local language. We didn't like it, the Canadians to hear us. <laughs> so we said, ah, these guys, they don't understand. They said they're farmers. This is the tool we use here for doing farming. And they said, they don't, we don't need it here, so what do we need? They said, you need something else, not this. And they were serious. They meant it. Well, 
we had to listen carefully to these guys. We had to be willing to be made better farmers. They told us, you don't need that one. It was a big battle, not an easy one. Okay? So we need this. So they showed us what we needed. So we tried to tell them, no, uh, you know, we need this, this first, and then we are going to use this second. They said, no, you don't need that one. You need this one. Until we said, amen. But after some time, <laughs> Brother Joe, remember that. After some time, the day we said, amen, okay, things began to change. Because to be made demands obedience and patience. To be made. You are what you are today because somebody was there to make you become. Some of you are doctors, you are lawyers, you are teachers, you are farmers, you are whatever you are, but someone took time to make you to become what you are. That is a discipleship. Pastor Ray is helping us to become better ministers. The farmers from this church are helping us, discipling us to become better farmers for better results and for the glory of God. Now, as much as we want to become better, 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 better this, better that in Africa, I realize even you Canadians, you must have that willingness to be discipled to become better this or better that. Yeah. Because we are doing the same thing. God has called us to make us. You don't need to worry about who you are now. Some people, some Christians take time, take, lose time. They waste time, you know, condemning themselves, um, wondering whether they are worthy of doing anything. You don't need to condemn yourself. Jesus has called us to make us. Just be willing to be made. Some people say, oh, for me, I'm not this. I'm not this. I'm not an evangelist. I can't do that because I'm not a Bible teacher. I'm not saying you're a Bible teacher. I'm not saying you are this or you are that. You are just you. Your willingness to be made will make you something. But it takes willingness, obedience, and patience on both sides. That's why I'm very thankful to God for the farmers from this church because, you know, these guys are very patient with us. Brother Rand is still talking to our farmer, our, our, our farm manager, every week, calling, talking, sending emails. What is he doing? He's discipling, mentoring our farm manager. And when we go, we see new things taking place. And we are very happy because there is much now we can do without Canadians being there telling us, do this, do this, do this, because they have taught us. And now they are discipling us so that we become better farmers. That is all about discipleship. And I believe each one of you, you can disciple somebody. 
Yeah. You can disciple somebody into becoming something. That's what Jesus meant. He said, follow me. Come ye to me and I'll make you to become Mark. Added on those few words. I'll make you to become, to make someone to become. Now we are talking about a system, a scientific system that will take a lot of money. Brother Ray is, has just shown me some of the things, you know. And uh, I can't imagine how many people we are going to reach with that system. Yes, I don't know how much it costs, but uh, I think it's going to be very expensive. I believe so. But I'm still thinking of how many people we are going to reach, how many pastors. Men and women of God, listen to me. I have been talking to the top leaders of some of these big denominations in America. Now, big denominations all over the world. They want to change things, but they don't know how. Some of them want to change the way they approach evangelism and the missions, but they don't have the guts to do that. And I believe you are going to hear so many of them calling this pastor here, Pastor Ray, asking him kindly, kindly, asking him to go and help them. Because the old school of doing evangelism and missions is over. There must be church renewal. Church renewal. Not only in prayer, but church renewal in every area. And somebody must be willing to listen and to obey and then to be discipled regardless of your position. Amen? Now, willingness to be made is a springboard to true discipleship. And Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. Do you just pick someone from the lake or from the sea where he has been fishing fish and you just bring him over here to the power pit and say, okay, start fishing many now. Can you do that? No way. It takes a discipleship. These guys were fishers. Fishers of what? Of fish. Fish don't talk. Fish don't grumble. Fish will never backbite anybody. Fish means just a fish. You just throw your nets, and these stupid fish you just enter in that net, and you, you have fish. <laughs> that is fishing fish. But when it comes to fishing men, we need discipleship. If you're going to start to begin fishing many people, humans, discipleship must take a place first. 
That's why Jesus said, and I will make you, and I will make you to become. It's a process to become fishers of men. Men are not like a fish. We backbite. We murmur. We terrorize. In the church, yes. Sometimes we are in, in church and we are not willing to listen or to obey. Humans. So it takes discipleship to learn how to fish men. Men are not like a fish. You don't just throw your net and then they just come like this. They look, they ask for logic, for reason, why, when, what. What kind of preacher is that? Where does he come from? How educated is he? How many degrees does he have? What tribe in Uganda? What tribe? What clan? They ask for all those stupid things. Because they're humans. Fish don't ask any question. They just fall into your trap. So to become fishers of men, Jesus knew what it takes. It takes to become. To become. So if we are willing and willing to obey, all of us, we can become something. Amen? All of us, regardless of your age, regardless of your wherever you come from, regardless of your color, regardless of your tribe, if you want, God can make us something. But if you are careful in those verses, it took Jesus himself to do it. Not everybody can do that. Because some of you may ask, why is Alex Mitana insisting on our pastor? Well, don't you think everybody can do that? I'm not saying only your pastor can do it. But don't you think everybody can do it? Jesus said, and I, and I will make you. He never said, I will send one of my angels to do it. Why are these farmers going to, to Uganda to, to teach these people? Why some of the professors there, some of the professors there in some of their universities could come, go there and, and train them? Not everybody can do that. It takes willingness and patience. The professors you are talking about in my country, they are professors because they know everything in the book. They have never touched the combine. When that combine, that huge monster you sent us, when it came to Uganda, everybody thought it was war again. <laughs> Especially with this thing like this. <laughs> <laughs> the people said, we are tired of wars. You know, we have, we have had wars in Uganda for many years. We are tired of wars. Now you see the government is importing more weapons. It was... It was not a weapon to kill people. It was a weapon to kill ignorance in doing agriculture. And the professors, those guys, they came to see, to touch it. Our farm manager, James, he has a, a degree in agriculture. He has a degree in agriculture. So when the farmers from this church came, Brother, when they came, I was, you know, I, 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 I was watching my man with a degree 
And these Canadians without those papers. So I was watching because I'm none of the two. And uh, I couldn't believe what I saw. My man with that paper had never touched the combine before. He has never driven the tractor before. He has never touched the planter before. He had never touched anything apart from reading about it in the books. Those are the professors we have there. We needed someone to come and disciple us. That's why those men are coming. And I want to thank you, church, for supporting them, praying for them to come. Is it needful for them to come? Yes. We need people to disciple us in the same way as you need someone else to disciple you into becoming, into becoming. I don't know what the Lord wants you to become, but the Lord wants each one of us to become. It takes discipleship. So I'm very thankful. From fishing fish to fishing men. That's why we need discipleship. It's not easy. I tell you, it is not easy. You fish, fish, and the fish will not complain. You try to fish a human being, the human being will talk to you. Say, don't touch me like that. <laughs> it's not easy. You know, before you pray for me, ask for permission. Humans, very hard. Before you pray for me, Yes, I have a problem, I have a need, I am sick, but before you lay hands upon me, you ask me for permission. Those are the humans. He is sick, but you have to ask permission to lay hands. But the fish will not ask you for permission. Fish, they don't ask you for permission. They are just a fish. Humans, you have to be very careful. Before you knock at his door, you have to be invited. Humans, different. I heard in America, I don't know about here, that when someone dies, you have to wait for invitation. You don't just go because someone died in your community. That's what I heard. In Uganda, when someone dies, you invite yourself there. You just show up. Humans are different. So how do you fish such people? You need discipleship. Humans are not like a fish. From fish, fishing fish to fishing men, that is what we call heart change. It demands for heart change and concept change if we are going to become true disciples of Jesus Christ in different areas. It takes heart change. Farmers, thank you very much for being patient with us. Pastor Ray, uh, Brother Joy, uh, uh, my hero, uh, Sister Jennifer, thank you very much for being patient with us. It's not easy. We grew up using hoes. That's why you see my back is like this. I'm 63, by the way, now. But uh, 
my back is in because of the hole. I need someone to tell me, stand. Yeah, discipleship. I was telling Pastor Ray, he has to disciple me because we raised all those 17 kids. They have all gone. We have now remaining with one daughter who is also going soon. She told us she has a boyfriend. She's taking him away soon. Now, we are going to remain only two. How do you live in that house, two, you and your wife? Two? Um, this is a new thing to me. I need you guys to come and disciple us. We are now very many in Uganda. We don't know how to live like that. Pastor Ray has lived like that for how long? So you have to come and dis please disciple me. Leaving only two of you, if you are there and you are an expert in that area, you are welcome to Uganda <laughs> to disciple us. From having 17 kids in your house to back, two of you. It calls for heart change and concept change. The farmers from Canada, we are always touching the soil. I remember them coming and touching the soil. They were trying to change our concept, the way we thought, the way we knew things. It was a big work for them. I remember Brother Will, you know, Brother Willie, he touched, and then he touched, and then he took the soil in his hands, and then he said, oh, look at this gold. He was crying. Look at this gold. This is gold. And all of them came. Joe came, and, and Brother Kevin came, and Brother Bob, and they were like, oh, this is gold. And I was like, where is God? <laughs> you laugh because you are discipled. <laughs> that is the power of discipleship. We were just like that. And then he was, you know, and the tractor was, you know, uh, what is that? Cultivating? You call that cultivating now. So it was cultivating, cultivating, cultivating. One time, two times, going, going, and coming back, and all that. And then these guys could come and do like this with their finger, this one. They wanted to see one, one. And they could see like, and everybody could come and they, look. And I was like, what are they looking for? <laughs> we, sh we should plant right away. It's time to plant. And they were just, and they said, Alex, we have to teach these men to work on the soil, to work at the soil. To work at the soil, you know, all these things were new. Change of concept. Changing us from the way we knew. For better results. Thank you, farmers, for being patient with us. Now, when Brother Ray comes to Africa, the church renewal for sure is going to help us to learn to fish men. That is the key. How do you fish men for better results? When Jesus taught these guys, they became fishers of men. They knew how to do this. Fishing men is not the same as fishing fish. From fishing fish to fishing men, from religion to Christ, we need a renewal. From tribal culture to Christ, they must be renewed. From selfishness to self-denial, 
There must be a renewal for that. From sluggardiness to prosperity. God is way. I'm saying God is way. Some years back, we had guys from America. They came to teach us how to prosper in Africa. And we were excited because we were tired of poverty. There is poverty everywhere, everywhere you go. We are tired of poverty. And these guys could ask, are you poor? Are you poor? Somebody poor here? And of course, all the hands, two hands. <laughs> in Africa, two hands must go up. And we thought these guys had a quick fix for this. So they said, okay, if you are poor, say, Jesus. That is very simple. Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I come to you. That is very simple. You could hear all the Africans say, I come to you. Because <laughs> now put your hands in your pockets. And then everybody could put his hands in the pockets. You know, you know why Africans grew up watching witchcraft? So when you come with something that looks like a witchcraft, they're quick to, you know, to grab it. Put your hands in your pockets, commands the, this American preacher. Everybody. Say, money, money, come. Come. Money, say that seven times. Like those people went around Jericho seven times. And on the seventh time, do it seven times again. How I wish you were there at that seminar to hear the sound of Africans. Money come, money come, money come, money come, money come, money come. The seventh time, money come, money come, money come, money come, money come. But believe me, money didn't come. Why? Because money doesn't come like that. We need disciples to be discipled from sluggardness, from foolishness to prosperity. God is way. When those guys came back to Uganda, I was the leader by then. They had already elected me to be their leader. I never allowed them to do that. I confronted them. As a leader, I had to do that. I don't fear those people. I went there. Said, guys, do you do that in America? They said, what? Is that how you prospered in America? By putting your hands in your pockets? And saying, Jesus, Jesus, money come, money come? They said, no. Why are you doing that to Africans? They said, we are stimulating your faith. We needed the truth. You don't just come to make us shout. Teach us what the Bible says. We need someone who will come and tell us that the Lord will bless the works of your hands. When we come over here, when we go to America, we see people working. And the Lord is blessing the works of their hands. We don't want you to come to Uganda and tell your people to shout to Jesus 21 times. Because you don't do that in America. If you don't do that in Canada, why do you do that in Uganda? You help people to create more poverty in their families by just shouting. And uh, yes, that group taught our people, our younger people, that if you need money, you go around the bank 
And you know, you claim all the money in the bank. You claim it and you get it. That's what they taught our younger people. And I had to undo all that. I told these younger people, the police is going to arrest you. And if they don't see you, I'm going to tell them where you are. <laughs> going around the bank where you have no account at all, you go around claiming all the nice, all the dollars in that bank is ours, all the riches in that bank is ours. They were taught to go around doing that. That is foolishness. So you see, we need discipleship from, into becoming, from sluggardness, foolishness, to prosperity, God is way. Now with the farm, can you believe we are feeding 2,400 kids? And we are starting a new center somewhere in the bush. That's what Jesus said. That's what the Bible teaches. The Lord will bless the works of our hands as he does to you guys here in, in Canada. Suppose I came here, Pastor Ray, and I came here like I'm here now, and then you ask me, Alex, when are you going back? I say, I don't know, Pastor. Then one week you ask me, Alex, when are you going back? Pastor, I don't know. And then another month I'm here, Alex, are you going back? <laughs> Pastor, I'm waiting for Sinon to come. <laughs> what, will you do? what are you going to do with me? Pastor Joe, what are, Brother Joe, what are you doing? Maybe you give me some things. You don't learn to, to work in your factory, maybe like that. Because whose food are you going to eat in Canada without work? Would you want me to be around eating free food? If you came to Uganda and you, you, are, you have come to do nothing, no discipleship, the farmers have come to Uganda to tour just to see animals, no work, they are not discipling us, well, no, we can't keep you in Uganda anymore. We'll ask you to go back to Canada because you are not helping us. So it's all about discipleship. From worshiping idols to Christ, we need the church renewal. From fear to boldness and courageousness in Christ, we need church renewal. From broken marriages to healthy marriages, we need church renewal. From hopelessness to real hope in Christ, our children now they are talking about hope. They were going to school. We had a school, yes, but the kids were going hungry, no food. Now they eat. They, you know, the funny thing in Uganda, I would say in Africa, when you go this, especially for the ladies, when you go this, do you know where the credit goes? To your husband. You go this, I don't want to mention that you know what it is. Go this, compliments to your husband. Oh, he has taken great care of his wife. Have you seen his wife these days? She's. And when the Americans and you Canadians, when you come to Uganda, you'll be surprised. These ladies of ours, they will look at you and say, oh, praise God, your husband has taken great care of you. You are F-A-T, woo! <laughs> <laughs> and to them, that is wonderful. 
But the Canadians and Americans, that is an abuse. What did you say? Did you say F-A-T, me? <laughs> Discipleship. From being just followers to real disciples of Christ. And lastly, lastly, but very important, from just being spectators to participators. We need discipleship. The church, whether in Africa, Canada, America, most of the people were made into spectators. They watch only one man doing everything here, and they are very happy about that. They will tell you about the man of God, the man of God, the man of God, the man of God, and they say nothing about themselves. That's why the Lord says, I want to make you. So I want to thank this church for making us. And for the willingness of your pastor, Pastor Ray, to come to Africa and to do whatever he's planning to do now. To make us in Africa become better preachers. To become better ministers of the gospel. Better servants of God. Better family members. Better husbands. Better, you know, um, better, better, better. And I want to thank God for the farmers from this church. Thank you very much for your willingness to disciple us to become better farmers for better results, to feed our kids, to take care of our businesses, and to take care of ourselves. And I want to say thank you very much. Thank you very much for the business guys from this church for your willingness to disciple us to become better business people. Better, 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 better. And that's why we believe in discipleship. Thank you very much for giving me both of your ears. I realize we've been very attentive. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep on discipling others. And always remember, willingness to be discipled is the springboard to true discipleship. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this message from Southland Church. For more information or to download this and many other messages, please visit us at myselfland.com.